0: Welcome to the Battleground Wisconsin. My name is Matt Bruskin. I'm the Deputy Director here at Citizen Action of Wisconsin. And welcome to another beautiful, summary Wisconsin week. We have our Executive Director, Robert Craig, with us. Robert, good to have you. Uh, good to be here. I
1: uh, Just for the audience, I find COVID finally caught up to me last week. Uh, after all this time, I dodged it all this time. And I know we like to run around saying this thing, you know, this thing is mild now and I have four, I'm four times vaccinated, uh, but frankly, it's nothing you want to get and it screwed up the week and the holiday. So anyway, I mean, not severe symptoms from the standpoint of going to the hospital, not be able to breathe, but I mean, you have brain fog and you're exhausted and, and you have a head cold and you can't do a lot of shit you want to do and need to do and you have to stay away from people. So, anyway, it's nothing. So I, I think the word mild is very badly misused by the media and by a lot of people in our culture. This is nothing you should you should uh not be careful to avoid. And the fact that people aren't being careful is why it's still spreading so rapidly and will continue to.
0: Well, Robert, we're we're glad you're you you didn't get super ill and that you're feeling all right, but look, we can hear it in your voice. I'm sure you listeners You'll notice Robert doesn't sound a hundred percent this week, and geez, Robert, you're already on day six, seven of this, so it just goes uh, day you. 10, ten.
1: symptoms. Yeah,
0: yeah, so so and I can the hear you now, voice.
1: according to the CDC, I can take my mask off around people. I, I did the five days of staying away from everyone, uh, but uh, well, uh, yeah, anyway. So well, look, Rob, no, right. let, let me put it this way, I'm unlikely to be contagious, but it doesn't mean I still don't have a few lingering effects.
0: It's actually a very fitting way to start the show because, I mean, look, folks, we're still coming out of a pandemic. We're really essentially still in the back end of it. People are still getting sick. As Robert mentioned, if you are fully vaccinated and everything, though, right, like it's now it's 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 a very bad sickness. It's not necessarily a guaranteed death sentence, but folks please continue to get vaccinated, stay safe. A lot of folks, Robert, a lot of folks are still testing positive. You know, positivity rates are still in the thousands. And those are for the folks who are even taking tests that get reported or report their tests back. We know they're probably still very significantly high. We've seen a lot of folks get sick. In fact, it's very clear to me, Robert, that the Dem Convention, a uh, number of folks got sick. Uh, I've talked to at least half a dozen folks who were there who uh, who caught COVID. So it is still very active, folks. Please stay safe. I know. Well, and quite frankly, it's still
1: killing more people every day than 9-11 most days. And we don't act like it. We act like these, these deaths are invisible. So...
0: So, folks, continue again. Stay safe. Stay smart out there. Please get vaccinated if you haven't been boosted. Make sure you get boosted. So, so this is just a, a you know a, b- a bad sickness and not something that, as Robert said, puts you in the hospital or even worse. So, folks, we're gonna uh, switch topics uh, from Robert's Robert's uh, sickness, which uh, again we're we're happy to have you back uh, with us and you know, it's sort of a fitting first topic that we want to talk about. We're just going to start the show with a little bit of a a federal focus. Um, And Robert, I want to talk about the possibility of a budget reconciliation uh, bill. We have talked so much about this over the last year, year and a half, pretty much since the Biden administration started. I remember some of the early days of this, we were explaining budget reconciliation and how through the budget process you don't need to use the filibuster, all this yada yada and have gone through the highs and lows of expectations and you know the uh, mansion and cinema and we've learned a lot about you know the Senate process and its failings and why it's so undemocratic. But here we are. This week, big news, Senate Democrats have come to an agreement, <laughs> with the same two bozos we've been trying to negotiate with ourselves, with uh, Mansion and Cinema and others, around Medicare prescription drugs in a plan and, uh, that they think could be a part of some climate and other other parts of a budget reconciliation package. Robert, are we crazy to like get excited about this again? We have suggested that we thought this summer there would and could and would and likely uh, potentially be another package. Are we there? Is it true? Is it right on the horizon, Robert?
1: depends what our expectations are. And one of our biggest challenges right now, uh, as the progressive wing Democratic Party, as the whole Democratic Party, uh, moderate wing as well, is being demoralized because it was possible to do the most far-reaching reforms that we've seen since the new deal and it was on the table and we had 98 percent of democrats and two people stopped it unfortunately in politics power is at the margins and they had the power to do it and they've used it and quite frankly uh everything in budget reconciliation is what sadder mansion and said a cinema will sign off on and that is much more limited than what would otherwise pass and so If we want to be demoralized by that, then it's not exciting, right? If we want to be excited that, one of the principal reasons President Biden's approval rings have gone down, which is a a ballast on the entire ticket all the way down, is the sense that he hasn't been able to accomplish what he promised. Getting some key things on popular stuff, like prescription drugs is more than just a niche issue. It is, if you dig into the polling, one of the most significant elements of inflation for average people is wildly popular, and we know and say Wisconsin, Ron Johnson will just be against use Medicare negotiating for prices, and so it it's is, an eighty twenty issue, Robert, right? So is, and issue. an emotional one, not just eighty yes. twenty. Yeah, I'm for it, but I won't do, yes. I won't vote on it. And a lot of those too. High sure. saliency, as they say in the biz, yeah. Doctor. Well, Craig? that's important because we have a lot of close friends and allies who write eighty percent issues behind us. Yeah, but they're not going to vote on it. Now, if we could figure out how to make them vote on it, then you got something, and that's partly what we do at Citizen Action. Uh, so, this is a big deal politically. It's a big deal that these will be valuable advances. Uh, it will allow Medicare to pr- negotiate. The reason they're not allowed to is because of pharmaceutical power, pure and simple. So it is, this is a corporate lobby having the power to enforce through Congress price gouging on the whole population cause people like folks on insulin to skip their treatments and to get in huge trouble. Uh, that is what's been going on. It will not be every drug. It'll be a select group of drugs, but that is progress. And once you have that, you have a framework for expanding the number of drugs later, uh, especially if we can get a stronger majority and win Wisconsin and Pennsylvania and hold the Senate and have and get two more votes, progressive votes. And so it is a huge deal. And I'll just say this: there's just we just we've got to find a way to mobilize and inspire people to pass this and then to get people excited about in the election. because uh, there also could be along these lines in the final package, some historic climate investments, not as big as what we wanted, but big, and we need it because there's a 2030 deadline. And in addition, things that would make healthcare more affordable, like not raising uh, uh, prices on the Affordable Care Act dramatically right before the election, which is political suicide, actually keeping the reduced premiums that we've had during COVID-19, thanks to the American Rescue Plan. I'm just going to say, though, for the emotions and this, this is on kind of in a COVID fog, I had, a, I had an editorial, uh, lead editorial for the next issue of In These Times, do a publishing deadline for In These Times magazine. It was about how to move forward, and not be demoralized by the shift in criminal justice reform, how it looked like great things were possible in 2020 with the historic protest movement after the murder of George Floyd and how now even mainline Democrats have all reversed and are promising more police, candidates for mayor, et cetera. Uh, hopefully, it was not overly influenced by a COVID fog. But they have great editors, so I, I, I'm convinced it will. It will not. It'll not be all wet. But anyway, this is the same thing with reconciliation. Everything else we're doing. If we don't inspire our base, Matt, we can't win elections. Elections are about base now, not not swing voters
0: primarily. Look, I agree. We've talked about it for a long time that the failure to pass budget reconciliation has greatly damaged uh, the president and Democrats overall with the base. There's no doubt about it. Actually, a um, uh, uh, new polling that a- actually speaks specifically to the damage within the base, uh, particularly also with young folks uh, who you know, were overwhelmingly supportive of Biden and it's all around just the failure to address a lot of these major priorities, particularly climate change, other things, um, you know, and so this would be a huge opportunity to start to push back against that. But I'm going to say this just to me to also have a victory and to, to accomplish something because we are going to there's a chance we're going to lose this Congress. And so we need to make as much progress as we can, because, folks, this shit's popular. They ain't going to be able to roll back a lot of this stuff because it's very popular. Uh, Robert, final word before we go to break. I missed one huge thing. And that is,
1: in budget reconciliation, serious chance of getting something close to a billionaire's tax and actually reversing the Trump tax giveaways. And not only is that widely popular, not only those it free resources to actually make the investments we need. It's actually increasingly understood as critical to saving democracy because you can't have this small number of people untaxed build this level of wealth that everyone else lose ground and not have them simply dominate our political system. And that's part of what is happening right now. And so, but it's wildly popular and could shift the elections. One of the few things that could change people's votes or inspire them to vote in addition to things like prescription drug and healthcare costs. With that,
0: folks, we're going to take our first break. You're listening to The Battleground Wisconsin. Welcome back to the Battleground, Wisconsin. We're Citizen Action. You can find us at citizenactionwi.org. We're all over the socials, particularly Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Robert, going to keep us with the eye on things all federal. And uh, the, the we have been talking about it. This January 6th investigation has been absolutely gripping the last few weeks. The last week's testimony, stunning, talked about it, and it absolutely demanded (laughs) the next gentleman who's going to testify, and that would be President Trump's attorney. Robert, Friday, this is going to be recorded. Details, this is super important. This could be, and I know you would like to talk about this, is this the John Dean moment?
1: It's also possible the John Dean moment was the surprise hearing uh, last week, which has forced the issue by reporting what Pat Cipollone said and was doing. He's the I want to thank you.
0: you. By the way, thank you for saying that because I agree. I actually think she it was the is the most courageous person, and he. He's doing this on tape. He's being compelled. He's being shamed into testifying by her.
1: (laughs) He knew it was wrong. He tried to stop it. He didn't even say anything during it. He he defended Trump in impeachment, knowing that he should have been impeached. So he's protecting his right wing legal career. He's a very right wing dude. Uh, But he is. It's sort of like Lynn Cheney. He does believe in the law enough, not and the constitution, not to have stood up for this. And he believes in it enough to answer the subpoena. We'll see if he try how how forthcoming he is, or whether he finds literally well, ways never to answer.
0: Robert, the, the the thing that makes this testimony so gonna be so great is by all accounts, he actually believed Mike Pence shouldn't be hung shock of all shock he showed outrage at the idea that they thought that that mike pence shouldn't be hung you know god forbid and that meadows seemed indifferent to it and if anything was like well that's what president trump wants buddy you know like the fact that he presented he actually showed outrage uh is what's gonna what is what's powerful about his testimony as the white house lawyer because everything starts and ends robert you know with the attorney i will say he's the
1: he's the lawyer for the presidency not for trump the lawyer for trump is giuliani so he doesn't he's not supposed to have a attorney client privilege with trump personally he is if there's any privilege at all which is doubtful it has to do with protecting the institution not trump
0: but he and, will clearly have been involved in all the most substantive conversations, and we'll no see
1: if he's if they find a way to make him answer, right? Because he's a lawyer who, if he has to, won't perjure himself, right? But who, if he could find a legal dodge, probably would. He's not shown himself to be a, a good actor. I would say his outrage was about Trump trying to prevent Trump from commit crimes, not necessarily out moral outrage. Um, beyond that. In other words, because he showed no other in- interest in protecting the institution or preventing this from happening again. I mean, if he let people know what was going on, then there'd be much better pressure to reform the system and prevent a heist of the election. So I'm just going to say, just like with a lot of these rogues, he's it's, it's limited. Right, what, how you can like Bill Barr? How much credit can you really give Bill Barr, other than he wouldn't do the dirty at the very end, right? Uh, Given the dirty he would do and has done in his career, both for Trump and for H. W. Bush, keeping him out of jail in the Iran Contra uh, controversy. So I just say though that. This is explosive, the question is, we probably won't see it on Friday. It's gonna be behind closed doors, it's deposition. We'll probably get some little leaks from the committee, depending on how it goes, but we don't know how explosive it's gonna be because we don't know how successful they're gonna be in nailing him
0: down and and forcing him to answer. Well, look, hey, we're gonna to continue to track this talk about it. We have been saying, for what year and a half now, this is a defining issue. It can't be swept under the rug, it it can't be ignored. And so this investigation has been very important in at least uh, trying to bring some light and some factual light uh, to to the American public. So we'll continue to track and follow this issue uh, here at the Battleground Wisconsin. Robert, um, want to transition Now, both federal, but back to Wisconsin here, um, we announced our endorsement of um, Mandela Barnes for the United States Senate a few weeks back. I've had Mandela on the podcast to talk and then announce that endorsement. And we feel very strongly about this endorsement. And um, one of the reasons why we think actually Mandela is the best candidate Uh, has come to surface, unfortunately. It's come to surface in the corporate media and under the just atrocious right wing, let's just call it the mega frame that somehow the idea that you would even uh, acknowledge the history of this country, both slavery and uh, continued white supremacy Right and talk about it, that somehow you don't love America, which is absurd, just absurd, and seems to be the narrow framing that uh, the Republicans wanna jam down everybody's throats. Well, unfortunately, uh, corporate media, never never not looking for a sensational story, has taken what is really an important issue and ought to get attention uh, in the proper frame, is this issue and the importance of race, and that we as Americans need to stop ducking it as an issue. It's central. We swim in it. We need to start tackling it in order to solve our biggest problems. And this country desperately needs it. We'll, we'll continue to fail as a society until we just start to acknowledge this. Uh, Robert, it's come up in a, this uh, issue has come up in a BICE article that broke yesterday, Wednesday. Um, please educate our listeners since you've been central in dealing with it. I have not. I'm uh actually uh, on an independent side and just you know, have heard about this. So please uh, tell us, for our listeners who don't know, uh, what the context of this Bice article is and why it's so important, but also so dangerous uh, in this current uh, political and media context. Uh, so
1: the reason that we're in the middle, I'm in the middle at all is because uh, the statements in question that are being used by Dan Bice and his story, uh, were stated on our Senate forum, and he was, uh, and the journal Sentinel was seeking permission to use a segment of it. They had access to the whole thing, but of course, then their their readers would be put to the beginning and have to search around for an hour and a half trying to find the right part, which is kind of hard to do. And I had to do it in order to hear what it was, to, to re-listen to it. And so I heard from Dan Bice a number of times. but. Let me take a step back as to why you get this kind of reporting okay social media corporate social media because it's structured for profit folks it's just like healthcare or any or, 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 or energy or anything else uh, was structured around sensational content this is what they finally landed on that gets you clicks and that gets you people in the system that you can sell ads for. And that's why the most sensational content possible is advanced and is in people's feed because they want click, click, click. Now, the explosive growth of social media was a huge threat to traditional media, especially traditional newspapers. And they had a lot of trouble figuring it out. They were being, their content was being used in social media to drive social media, but they weren't being paid for it. And so the New York Times really and Washington Post big newspapers were the start of this. They figured out that the way to do this was to create a paywall. And, but, and so in other words, they had the uh, prestige and the content uh, to bring people over to the other side and be still be very successful. That's been much harder for smaller dailies, though. In Milwaukee Journal Sentinel notice uh, owned by Gannett has a paywall now and functions in a similar way. Now you'd think that would be separate from the clickbait kind of uh, motivation. It's not for this reason. they advertisers and the number of subscribers you can get is based on clickability. And so starting with the New York Times, all of these media enterprises started pushing their reporters to get more engagement, rewarding them based on engagement, hiring younger reporters that were better of it and moving out the war horses that were not. And that shapes the stories. And so, uh, 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 journalists like Dan Bice, who is a serious journalist, he already had kind of a sensational model, kind of political scandals, right? That that he and he had used to have a column with uh, the gossip column often. Uh, yeah, Corey uh, Spivak and other journalists. to be Spivak and Bice. and so this is still this is still what Gannett makes profit off of is clickability. And so that is why we're going to get to what the story is more and what Mandela said something refreshingly honest, and now it could be it's being used against him. And wouldn't it be a shame if someone's not U.S. Senator because they were honest for a change? I actually told Dan Vice they'll never tell you anything and they'll read talking points constantly if you all continue this way. So I know we're getting up to a break, but... Let us, well, let's, I know we need to get in more into exactly yeah. what Bella said and how it's been played out in the
0: media and by the right. With that, folks, we're going to take a break. You're listening to the Battleground Wisconsin. Citizen action. Welcome back to the Battleground Wisconsin. We're talking about the state of media, the state of our electoral politics in the digital age and how it is impacting the US Senate race and us specifically around our endorsement of Mandela Barnes and the use of uh, comments that Mandela made during our US Senate forum, by the way, six months ago, um, didn't seem to be a story then. But now, as Robert, you were saying, and I want to go back to you, packaged up nicely by the Republicans who have been working throughout the pandemic, as we've been talking about, um, now a multi-year strategy here to try to raise critical race theory and distort the burgeoning, honest, frank conversation around race in this country that was developing, and quite frankly, I it seems like set us back to the 19th century in our dialogue. Robert, more on the details of what um, what Mr. Spice was trying uh, is trying to raise up uh, on behalf of the Republicans. And that's a little throwback. We used to call Spivak and Bice the Spice Brothers. But, there's, uh,
1: uh, but I, uh, that's the Bice part of Spice. So I explained before our little break why uh, why the incentive for Dan Bice is to be as spicy as possible. Now, here is what happened. Here is the moment of honesty. Uh, Mandela, uh, one of our members in the, in the forum, asked about the whole right-wing republican hubbub about critical race theory and in fact the candidate ahead of mandela and answering tom nelson uh, basically uh, refused to answer said we should we shouldn't take their bait right and did and so we shouldn't even talk about it it's a fake issue and there's some truth because critical race theory for those who have read it and, and know about it, which includes me, is not taught in schools. In fact, it is not understood or ignored, not been read by most people writing about it, okay, including these reporters. Uh, they haven't read Derek Bell or Kimberly Crenshaw, I guarantee you, uh, maybe a few have but almost none of them have and they and I've, we will then judge what the retention was. Uh, so.
0: Mandela, what advice? Think of those books, by the way.
1: Uh, it did not come up. <laughs> no, mean,
0: exactly. I uh, didn't.
1: Uh, so. uh, I didn't, Contacted so. me constantly, and, and I was <laughs> still getting over COVID. I finally <laughs> felt like I had to pick up. I do no guys, and I don't. I don't. i don't, I'm not myself. Dodge the media. So anyway, um, Mandela looked a little like uh, annoyed by uh, his colleagues. Uh, you know, the other his fellow candidate, uh, Tom Nelson's. Uh, uh, not not engagement of the issue. Let me duck. put it more neutrally. I'm put it more
0: neutrally. I'll say duck, and they're coached to do that. But of I got course you. they are. So, but, but he is running an insurgent campaign, trying to say he's the most progressive, the most Bernie-like, and he basically ducked a discussion of race in America. Anyways, that's right. my comment. go so, back to you, Robert Mandela, a black
1: man with with great eloquence and courage and passion. Uh, pointed out that this country was built on forced labor on stolen land and that is just true Uh, fact check true because there's serious economic analysis that shown that you couldn't have built U.S. wealth before the civil war without the cotton economy in the South, which was the basis for both manufacturing in the North and for the development of Wall Street and finance. It, uh, slavery and the whole system was financed by Wall Street. And you w- we wouldn't have become one of the most, uh, the richest countries in the world the way we did or as fast as we did without it. So in fact, I know if people wanna assail it. There's excellent analysis in the 1619 Project. If you all get the book, there's there. There are essays in that which are overwhelming as far as the evidence, okay? So this is fact-checked true. And so the question is uh, whether we dare look at our history. And here's where the right comes in. There's more to what Mandela said, but that was the guts of it, Matt. may want to add additional things as we talk. Um, And uh, Dan Bice's reason, his hook, is that uh, some of the Republican candidates on the Fourth of July tied into it and said, uh, or their spokespeople said uh, that this that, that it's ironic uh, that Mandela is running for U.S. Senate on the Fourth of July because he clearly hates our country because he he believes
0: horrible things it's about. Shameless! It. It's shameless and it's it's racist that they're doing this against an American candidate. I'll just say it. I just said it. it well.
1: It is, but I want to get to the mm-hmm. politics of this. I agree. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm sticking on the, you know, the impact line for now. No, the normative analysis line is also- Hey,
0: Robert, I'm just taking the easy part here. I'm just emoting yeah. you.
1: <laughs> so then- I've, I've done uh, campaign communications. I was comm director for a major congressional campaign in San Diego. You are looking for a hawk all the time, something that would allow you to put something in that is the message you want to convey. So that's standard campaign communication, oh, 4th of July, well, we wanted to talk about Mandela, talking about race and racism in American history, which is the whole heart of CRT, creating a panic that we're treat, we're training kids to hate themselves or hate their country. All a lie, but, uh, but emotional and persuasive to a lot of their audience and their base. And so I understand what they're doing, but it's sleazy, and the willingness of so many Americans to simply use racism in order to advance themselves is one of the, shall we say, the fundamental corruptions and evils in our society. Uh, And that is, and so Dan Baez can get a ton of clicks by trying to, by providing the Mandela thing, laying it out, he does quote Mandela accurately, He then has the Republican sleazy attacks, then he has very good responses from Maddie McDonald, the uh, communication director for the Mandela campaign, and she says what is true that Mandela is extremely, has been running on the fact that he's a product of the American dream and has and that all, this is only possible in the U.S. Uh, the 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 son of of two union union members, very middle class, not born into wealth, actually being a front runner for U.S. Senate, an African American man as well. And so I would just this gets back to the heart of the critical race theory debate, which is not critical race theory. It's about whether we we paper over or pretend. That are that the, the that the dark elements of our history aren't true. When in fact those 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 elements have continuing repercussions. That's the other problem. This isn't just an academic exercise. I would just say, the way the way I think about this is, is that great countries admit their history, face up to it, and get better. And we're and anyone who thinks that we're such a not great country that we can't even admit what happened or recognize its continuing ramifications. They're the ones who are not
0: patriotic. So totally agree. I, Folks, and let's be clear. We need to absolutely make sure Mandela Barnes wins this primary. We have a Democratic primary coming up. I think what, go read that article. Robert's right. He does actually put out what Mandela said. Go watch the video. Because I'll tell you, when I watched that forum, right after that question, I knew exactly who I was supporting in this race. And it was cause Mandela took that on. If we don't start supporting and fighting back against this effort by the Republicans in leaning in and supporting someone like Mandela, who is the American dream, he's the epitome of the American dream and taking this on right? We deserve everything we get. If we duck this now and think we can't win because he's speaking, let's say, spitting truth to America, we're misunderstanding where most people are at. What the Republicans are pushing is not actually popular. Most people do know, do believe with what Mandela said. It's this frame Robert talked about. So it's important we get out and, and start ha- supporting someone like Mandela win this election and don't succumb to this, have conversations with people about this don't run away and think you can duck and switch the topics and pretend we're advancing and, and going to move forward and win on other issues because you know what they're going to inject race, continue to inject race on every issue. That's oh. why we're losing.
1: They have it, and they're go- they'd make it up if they didn't have it, right? Mm-hmm. They're out of out of whole cloth. It's going to happen. There's no dodging of it. Here's the thing to, uh, to understand. Unfortunately, because of the nature of our fallen politics, uh, Danby said to me, and this is correct, that our base will love what Mandela said, and and watch it. Watching the video, it will be inspiring. Yeah, these are my words, not Dan's, but that that was what Dan communicated. So we shouldn't be upset about it. In other words look that's true and you will battleground wisconsin listeners who are not trolls will be impressed by what mandela said but in our fallen state of politics it will not play that way because of the way it will be presented and cut about part and completely mischaracterized and so as a result we have such a corrupt political system it will it will it can't, here's the way it doesn't harm mandela Politically, the same way that Trump was not harmed by what he did by turning out our base in huge numbers.
0: Right, if we don't do that, it's it not that, though. I think it's more than that. It's leaning into the conversation and not ducking it, not thinking that we just need to duck this discussion and make it go away, and then everything will work out great for Mandela or work out. No, Mandela's going to have to talk about this. We're going to have to talk about this because. When we talk about it the way Mandela talks about it, it's an easily slam dunk majoritarian position. When we duck and cover and let the Republicans define the debate, just like we spent a big chunk of this thing talking about how they do it through CRT and all, right? And we've talked a lot about that, they will continue to win. We need a full throated discussion on this on our side that reflects what most people actually believe. There was slavery. This country has racism in it. It's our current community.
1: inequality is still reflected. Yes. It's still it is having continuing ramifications. And
0: I got news for y'all. We Mandela needs to win a Democratic primary. We need to inspire our base. We need to get people fired up and get out. So first step, he's got to win his primary. So you know what? I got news for you. I think this is helpful to that. And I think... I hope it inspires you. I hope yours, all you listeners are inspired as I am about taking on this issue and and actually having a legitimate conversation in this. And Mandela's a beautiful person to have that conversation and help push this on and push back against what they're talking about. And you know what? We then have a general election I like our odds. I like having this, I like Mandela as the messenger. And I think we can win this and we got to stop ducking it folks because we'll keep losing on badger care. We'll keep losing on climate. We'll keep losing on all these issues because when they inject race and othering in, that's when we lose and we got to start pushing back on that. Anyways, I'm very, very passionate about this because I think it's super important and we can't duck it. And um, I'm just glad it came up. And I think Mandela, and I hope their team are prepared to, you know, talk about this, and talk about why it's so important to dealing with inflation, why it's so important to dealing with the economy, climate, all the things, the democracy questions we have. You can't deal with those without talking about this honestly. So, anyways, I, oh, I, you know, I, I just, it's frustrating. It's very frustrating the way those articles get written, Robert. And I think you did a great job of sort of laying out the way the the media structure leads to that. Um, so Robert, you get the last word.
1: It's just about profit. It said, uh, that's it. Now, here's the thing. Remember, why would, why didn't Trump pay for the amazing, and it says, look at Wisconsin elections for the incredibly outrageous, awful, appalling, before now politically impossible things, things that would have disqualified any other candidate in American history. The reason is he turned out his base so massively it swamped uh, that effect. So that is the way, if we allow a a small turnout election, then this hurts Mandela. If we use this and other courageous steps Mandela's taken to inspire people and and greatly, uh, you know, exceed what the pollsters are predicting for Democrat turnout then it's a net positive okay. so this is about what we talked about at the beginning and reconciliation and the reverse in criminal justice reform and 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 uh, the, the the real threat of people mm-hmm. being demoralized yep. you, the way to answer this if you want to answer racism you got to turn out and vote period because otherwise mandela will be defeated on the, the most abject racism you can imagine, not just imagine, that we see right here, that we see in this particular back
0: and forth. Folks, we're way past a break. <laughs> you, we, you're listening to The Battleground Wisconsin, we're Citizen Action. Welcome back to The Battleground Wisconsin. Robert, we gotta talk about a few other things the biggest thing I want to make sure we talk about is the ruling that came down on Wednesday from the Wisconsin Supreme Court around open records. Very, very important. Um, probably not getting the kind of attention it deserves. It's, it's critical in terms of our ability to get access to what's happening in our government in particular. Uh, shout out to Isaiah Holmes for writing a Making sure this thing got some 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 good press uh, out there to show what happened, Robert. Give us the details. What did the Supreme Court essentially rule, and why is this so 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 detrimental possibly going forward? Chilling, I I, I would suggest to free speech or to access. I should to not free speech to access to to records and particularly what our what our government is doing.
1: This is one of the pillars of the whole Wisconsin idea, the Wisconsin progressive tradition. This is a law that goes back to the 1890s. And prior to this, uh, a bought government that was bought by timber and railroad interests uh, hid what it was doing from people. You didn't even know who was writing the bills and who was involved, and that it was entirely at the behest of robber barons the term at the time which could be re- repurposed right now quite frankly given the billionaire class now is dwarfs the, bil- the 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 robber baron class of the 1890s late 19th century and so we have this open records law that is overwhelming that says that the public has a right to see it was the idea that corruption can't live when it can, when it's exposed when there is transparency when it, when it's exposed to light right the same way when you pick up a rock and all the critters scurry away right the critters otherwise will do their business if you can govern in the dark and it's been being chipped away at republicans especially in recent years uh, Scott Walker, these Republican majorities have not liked the idea that they have to be accountable at all, even that these, these great haters of government think they own government and that the public should, doesn't even have a right to know. And uh, Justice Gableman's has been part of that. In fact, he was part of limiting it when he was on the state Supreme Court. And now Justice Gableman is trying to simply shred, literally shred the open records laws. But this didn't relate to Gableman's case yet, though it scares me. What happens with this Wisconsin State Supreme Court, which has been, you know, part of the right wing takeover of the court's problem, even ahead of the U.S. Well, not ahead of the U.S. Supreme Court, but it was extreme before the current six three totalitarian majority of the U.S. Supreme Court. They've chipped away at it again. They, it, one of the principles of it, it's in the law originally, is is that if your government, member governments, have access to lawyers, they have more resources than average people. Denies access to a record, and the record, and they ultimately lose in court. They have to pay attorney fees. So the person who knows they have a right to a record actually is a way to pay for an attorney. And now they're saying in a walk, I think it's a Waukesha uh, school district case. They're saying that's not that uh, that is no longer the case unless it's ordered by the judge in the settlement. And frankly, a lot of times these cases go away as soon as what happens is. Uh, this the, the unit of government capitulates. And so there's no settlement and there's no nothing from judges. So this is another example of them using legal formalism to essentially undermine the intent of something. You talk about a precedent,
0: precedents that go back to the 1890s in this state. And, and what's important folks to understand about the way this is set up, it basically means the only people who will likely challenge and go after this are people with access to resources who are willing to understand that they may have to eat the legal fees if they can't get them back. So the average person, organization, people's organization, individuals, right? Are not gonna be willing to take that risk on. They're just not gonna have those resources. So again, talk about you know a system for the wealthy the wealthy will have access to go dig deep, find out what's happening because they have the pockets to back that. And I'll, I'll other give people you, don't. I'll give you a concrete example.
1: Uh, we've worked on bold bills on healthcare, a, a, a super bachelor public option with uh, Representative Shelton on a climate jobs package with Representative Moore McCunde and Senator Larson. Uh, if those big industries were taking on thought they could get something on us, they can use their they can ask open records requests to their heart content to find out all every single communication with, with our allies in the legislature. If, on the other hand, the insurance industry or fossil industry writes the bills for the Republicans and we seek the records, we we can't afford a citizen action all of those legal expenses, and therefore Robin Voss and company can get away with it. It's that simple. It is whoever has the money has right to to, to the records, not to general public. The whole point of this is that everyone, every citizen has a right to know what the government they are paying for and that represents them what it is doing. And so this is
0: yet another example of creating a plutocracy, quite simply. People, it's another reason you need to join citizen action. It's why you need to, and if not citizen action, join your favorite people's group, your favorite organization that's bringing people together to try to affect our democracy. It's really, really important as these structures we go up against get stronger and are more well-financed. So please consider joining one of our co-ops, put a link in. If you don't want to join one of our co-ops, please consider being a one-time donor. We'll have a link where you can make a donation. Robert, before we go, um, (laughs) one final check-in here in the state. It's been really challenging to keep up with the craziness that's going on uh, in the Republican gubernatorial primary. Uh, Big news this week is Nicholson dropped out. Robert, he didn't like how dirty the race had become. (laughs) <laughs> or he didn't like his it's really dirty when it defends <laughs> his principles yes uh, uh, exactly uh, and, and apparently apparently Tim Michaels he's very unhappy with the negative campaigning of Rebecca Clayfish even though Tim Michaels finds it okay to run racist ads He's suddenly concerned that Rebecca Clayton. The only Mr. ad I've um,
1: ever seen that declares itself unracist, which of all course a question is to <laughs> what kind of <laughs> candidate says it's not says his
0: previous statement on a 30-second ad wasn't <laughs> racist. You guys, this—I know it sounds ridiculous, but you, literally, you have a candidate whose ad out of the gate is incredibly racist. Uh, concerned that his opponent has gone negative on him, daring to point out that the guy made a ton of money off of state contracts, which is factual, by the way. Uh, anyways, Robert, I didn't bring it up for that. Quickly, yeah. You're and talking, apparently, Tony, the you fact that they're also- trying to potentially talk about. Uh, Michael's, the idea that he might actually ban emergency contraception, which is insanity. Robert. Right. So it's making
1: Rebecca Clayfish, who we always thought as is out there as reasonable. There are Republicans around the country trying to ban Plan B, because there's this ridiculous argument that it's an abortion, because what happens is it prevents the woman from ovulating. So Therefore, there is no pregnancy. Uh, its um, It doesn't matter that PolitiFact, which doesn't matter, has declared the, state, the claims false, which hardly anyone knows. I had to look it up. Uh, oh, OK. But the, see how useful the journalistic fact-checking is. Um, Molly Beck from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel did a good story. And this is a real issue, OK, folks? This is the difference between the Molly Beck story, which also probably got a lot of clicks and Dan Bice is reporting this is an actual issue affecting public policy. We just had a Supreme Court eliminate a constitutional right. We don't know the implications in Wisconsin. It is on the table with this legislature. If if a Republican was elected, they would, as other states are trying to do, ban Plan B, plan emergency uh, contraceptives. Uh, Rebecca Clayfish says she wouldn't do it, to her credit. Let's give Rebecca, maybe the last time in the whole cycle, we give Rebecca credit the former lieutenant governor um, but
0: yeah uh, what we Can get you from her, though I don't believe her for a second I believe if uh, the legislature put something like that on her desk she'd sign it but
1: okay I, I, I give her know. credit for saying the right thing uh <laughs> so um he um he got he said in a recording that was obtained uh the, he said uh, in, ca- in calumet county where he was asked how to handle abortion pills that are being passed off as contraceptives he said i'm concerned about babies uh lives being lost to their abortion pills that are being passed off as contraceptives what are your plans for dealing with it and michael's uh outlined his support for roe versus wade okay and for the 1849 law the one that would have uh, that was passed by a legislature and a, uh, that was all men, that was elected by an electorate that was all male and white, uh, and that was written in the medical stone age. Uh, but he thinks God is very unhappy with, with, the, with all of the abortions and the killing and their two victims. So what you get in this is, and this this is followed up on, is, is that he refuses to commit one way or another whether he would sign or not, Okay. What does this say about the man? And by the way, on the negative campaigning, Matt, uh, there's a man who says Tony Evers responsible for massive waves of crime in our city and uh, the loss of all law and order, okay? Apparently that's okay. And apparently Joe Biden has opened the borders to dangerous uh, 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 predators from south of the border. Matt, that's the racist, racist ad you were referring to. That's apparently not negative. And apparently we don't know whether a governor Michaels would allow
0: emergency contraceptives or not. And God knows what else if he's got I feel very confident that we can expect the Republicans to do whatever the most craven thing is put on their desk, they will sign. So it's all in play, people. With that, though, we got to wrap up this Battleground Wisconsin. We want to thank our producer, Brian Woldrich, who makes the show happen every week. Folks, get out, enjoy the summer. As I say every week in the summer, it's too short here in Wisconsin. So enjoy it while we got it. We'll see you next week at the Battleground Wisconsin.